than me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great king, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that we can be gathered here this morning to worship you. Lord, please uh, calm us down uh, with all that's going on around outside us. It doesn't change our relationship with you. So we pray that as we worship you with uh, two or three or more gathered together, you would be in our presence and you would do your will in our lives. We ask it in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And now uh, let us take our bulletin inserts and we will pray this prayer of confession along with King David who wrote it. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts, You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Amen. And we can take this promise from the Apostle John written late in his life to a scattered, persecuted church. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Next song we will sing is number 403, O to be like thee, number 403.
for our scripture reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, 21 to 45, and also from the introduction to Psalm 103. The Gospel according to Mark. And they went into Capernaum, and straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commandeth even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with many devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up, a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. And when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also. For therefore I came forth." 
And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and saith unto him, see thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. And this is uh, the beginning of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. This is the word of God. And now, let us pray. Lord God, thanks. We needed that. Until today, it felt like we were living in the Carolinas and not New England. But you reminded us that it can still snow here. Those of us who are here are glad we can gather together in your holy place. And we welcome those who could not yet be out from under the snow and are with us online. By your spirit, unite us in your presence despite the physical separation. We pray for everyone's safety, both today and during the predicted precipitation that is in the forecast for the rest of this week. But we realize also, much more importantly, the global difficulties, the wars in the Middle East and Ukraine, We remember Jesus said there would be an increase of wars and rumors of wars. And we pray that as the uglier side of human nature is brutally on display, that the Holy Spirit would move millions to repentance and salvation. We pray also that you might use us in the power and love of the Holy Spirit to witness to the grace and truth of your love for people in your Son, the Savior, Messiah. Those without Jesus in their lives have no way of knowing your way of life, your way of life that goes from the womb to the tomb, or how to love you first so we can also love one another. 
So we pray also that you would please fill us with wisdom, mercy, grace, and love so that these people who don't know Jesus will experience enough of your love, joy, and peace in us to want to know you, love you, and serve you. And we pray for the following people. We, we lift up Elin to you, Lord. There's just so much happening in her life, and we pray that um, your good and perfect will would be done, and, and also for uh, Rebecca, her granddaughter, that she may come to know you rightly. We pray for uh, Christine. We pray for Allie, Kurt, Ray and his family, Peter and Linda and their whole family, Ken, Sally and Jimmy, Debbie, Carol's family, especially Al, as this is his first um, Christmas season without her. We pray for Noel and Darren and the people in their lives. And we pray for my sister, Linda. And now, please, please help me to explain, interpret, and apply this powerful and packed portion of Scripture that we have just heard read so that we may all understand what it says, what it means to us, what you want to do in our lives, and that we may be changed. And please also be in the sacrament as we not only remember Jesus, but we partake of him. And now we pray with the words that Jesus taught his followers in one heart and one voice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay. And now um, we will continue to worship God in song. We will sing number uh, 328, I Will Sing the Wondrous Story. And I guess you're on your own on this one, Debbie. 328. I know it. Okay. I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. How he left his house in glory, bore the cross of Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints of glory, gathered by the crystal sea. I think I only have one verse in me. Oh, your voice is left you? And that song it has. Oh my. Yeah, it's hurting. Well, I'll just read the rest of the words because they're pretty good. Even without the melody. I was lost, but Jesus found me, found the sheep that went astray, threw his loving arms around me, drew me back into his way. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, 
gathered by the crystal sea. I was bruised, but Jesus healed me. Faint was I from many a fall. Sight was gone and fears possessed me, but he freed me from them all. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Days of darkness still come o'er me. Sorrow's path I often tread, but the Savior still is with me. By his hand I'm safely led. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. And one of the reasons I picked that song is so many of the words that are in those verses are also in the text that we will be considering this morning. And basically, let me do this pre-introduction. Every one of us is broken in some way. And those pains can just devastate us and cripple us. But the reality is Jesus can heal all that's broken. And as I was just telling somebody earlier, maybe it was in my prayer this morning, (laughs) that Jesus decide which part of us is most broken. And he'll work on that first and then work his way through one by one. And what he knows is most broken might not be what we think is most broken. But we can take comfort in that. Well, to experience Jesus in all of his fullness is just amazing and overwhelming. There is no human being who has full authority and also is filled with all compassion. We humans can't balance those two things. And no one can teach truth the same as the one who is the truth. And no one is able to heal people in body, in soul, and in spirit. You see, humans need to specialize because their abilities, our abilities, were all limited. But Jesus can do everything because he is infinite in power, presence, knowledge, love, and everything else. Now, in our relatively short passage this morning, 25 jam-packed verses, but still a portion of the good news about Jesus through Mark, we are given enough details about who Jesus is and all he did and is doing. It's enough to make our heads spin. There's no shorter or more um, jam-packed full-speed-ahead gospel than the gospel of Mark. So with this as our big picture, let's now look at the many details in this gospel portion to see how they fill out with great detail the high-level praise that we heard from the beginning of David's psalm. So... um, the, the message breaks into two halves this morning. The first part is Jesus astonished people with authoritative teaching, 
He cast out an unclean spirit to their amazement. Then he healed Simon's mother-in-law and many townspeople were brought to him and they were healed and delivered. So the beginning of our passage takes place in the synagogue on the Sabbath when Jesus astonished people with substantive teaching. And then he cast an unclean spirit out to the amazement of all. Okay, let's go to our text now. And Mark was inspired to write, they entered Capernaum and at once on the Sabbath, having entered the synagogue, he was teaching and they were being astonished at his teaching for he was teaching them as one authority having and not as their scribes. So astonished. Now Capernaum, it kind of reminded me this morning of Salem. Capernaum means town of comfort. Now, I don't know how comforting it was because how much peace do people find in all the Salems in this country. But anyway, the people were astonished at his teaching because they could sense his teaching had more authority than that of the trained Levitical scribes. And remember, Jesus had never gone to a formal school. Okay, then we're told at once. So this is twice at once. This is Mark's favorite word. At once, he was being in their synagogue, man with unclean spirit, and he cried out. As I thought about this... um, Apparently, not every Israelite who was attending synagogue was fully committed to follow God because this man was possessed. But let's not be too hard on, on these people at this time because in our country today, um, every single church attending confessing Christian is not necessarily right with God. I know that's a shock to some of you, but that's true also. Things don't change that much. So, coming out of the mouth of this man, Mark says, saying, what to us and to thee, Jesus Nazarene. Nazarene means consecrated as in number six. Thou came to destroy us? I have known thee. Thou art being the Holy One of God. Now, he probably was a little bit more snarly with that. So, this unclean spirit is speaking through the man, calling Jesus consecrated and holy of God. Now, if you pay attention all the way through, and I counted up the pronouns twice, He refers to himself in the plural. But also, he, Jesus, and Mark use the singular pronoun ten times. I'm not quite sure what that means, just giving it to you. Maybe it'll be revealed to us someday. Now, he rebuked him, Jesus, saying, Thou must be silenced. And thou must come out of him. So this is a double command. The first part is, look, Jesus doesn't need testimony about himself from unclean spirits. But much more importantly, he wants to free the man. 
So then we're told, having thrown him into convulsions, the unclean spirit, and having cried out with a great voice, he came out of him. Now we can take comfort for this, because what Jesus says happens. The unclean spirit had to submit to Jesus' authority, but not without a fight, because he shook the man and cried out with a great sound. Then Mark informs us they were all amazed, everyone, to question among themselves, what is being this? Teaching new with authority, even spirits unclean, he's commanding, and they are hearkening to obey him. So at the beginning of this worship at the synagogue, they were astonished, literally taken outside of themselves with Jesus' authoritative teaching. And now, at the conclusion of their worship, they're being amazed at the awesome power Jesus has over unclean spirits. And then they're saying, what's this? <laughs> Spiritual oppression, you see, it can break a person even more than physical suffering. But with this incident in the synagogue, Jesus is demonstrating that no one, no one is broken beyond what he can heal. Jesus has authority to heal all brokenness in all people. And then we're told it went out the hearing of him at once everywhere into the whole surrounding region of Galilee. So what happened? The people that saw this were so amazed, astonished, that immediately other people heard of what Jesus did. And the news quickly spread far and wide. Now, I have three applications this morning, and I will just let you all know I need to be doing this as much as anybody, but I'm going to pull us all in together, all followers of Jesus. May we all be powerfully moved by the person and work of Jesus. So we will tell others about him. And additionally, we will pray that our words to them may be passed on to still more people. Everyone needs to hear about Jesus. And now we're told that on this very Sabbath day, I'll summarize it. He went to Simon's house and he healed Simon's mother-in-law of a fever. And they brought to him those who were diseased and possessed by demons, and he healed and delivered. So let's go back to Mark's text again. At once, out of the synagogue having come, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with Jacob and John. So notice, I, I just noticed this for the first time. Peter is married. But his brother Andrew is still living with him. And Peter's wife was the hostess of a Sabbath meal for Jesus and his inner circle. Continuing on, we're told, but the mother-in-law of Simon was lying in bed being sick of fever. And at once they're telling him about her, that is Jesus. Now, it's difficult when any member of a family is sick. 
So they were all these friends, two pairs of brothers. At once, they tell Jesus about Peter's mother-in-law. So having gone in, he, Jesus, raised her up, having held by the hand, and it left her the fever, and she was caring for them. So notice, there's hand-holding, and then the fever is gone. Jesus' healing of her fever involved the personal touch of holding her hand, not just words. And then after she was healed, we're told she was ministering to them for some time. So not only did the fever leave her, she was given plenty of stamina to serve. But having become late, when it set the sun, they were bringing to him all those disease-having and those being possessed with demons. And it was being whole city was gathered at the door. Wow. So as a result of this quick and widespread news of what Jesus was doing, especially to that demon-possessed man in the synagogue, a multitude needed healing in their bodies, souls, and spirits, and they were coming to Jesus. Then Mark tells us, and he healed many diseases having, various illnesses, and demons many he cast out. So as Sabbath had ended at sundown, they were free to travel more than just a short distance. And so a new week has begun with sunset, and Jesus healed many diseases, various illnesses, and cast out many Demons. Truly, truly, Jesus can heal people of every kind of brokenness. Jesus has the authority to heal all brokenness. And then we conclude the first half with Mark telling us, and he was not allowing them to speak the demons because they were knowing him. Now, let me say about demons new, and I've been looking at Greek enough to understand there's two different kinds of words for knowledge. And the knowledge that the demons had of Jesus was not a saving knowledge, the kind of knowledge that's gained by experiencing Jesus and the effects that he works in our heart. That's really knowing. That's knowing with all that is within us. But rather, the word used for the knowledge of the demons was merely a head knowledge of facts. That's not enough. In fact, their hearts were terribly hard, and they were trying to disrupt God in his kingdom. Now, the second half of our scriptures were told then Jesus was alone in extended prayer before he preached in the synagogues. And then out of compassion, he cleansed a leper who begged for cleansing. And all of this put together, Jesus is showing himself to be the redeemer of the last line I read from David's psalm. Actually, it's the fourth from the last, but it's pretty close. Okay, so now... What's the first thing Jesus does? And this is so important. He goes to a desolate place. He prays. Simon and the others search for him. They find him. And he preaches in synagogues everywhere, casting out demons. So going back to to Mark's writings, 
And early morning, still dark exceedingly, having risen up, he went out and went away to a desolate place. And there he was praying. Now, as I looked up these adjectives that Mark used, when this happened was some three hours before dawn, Jesus goes to a very desolate place for an extended period of time. Now, I try to just live my life. Some people think I pray a lot. I don't think I pray enough. But this is in any commentary or study Bible will tell you the importance of this. And may we all learn from Jesus to have extended times of prayer in our lives for power to serve him in our words and deeds. I included that in the prayer this morning. And then we're told, He searched diligently for him, Simon and those with him. And they found him. And they are saying to him, all are seeking thee. The word just keeps spreading and he's early in his ministry. So when they woke up at sunrise, the apostles, they were searching for Jesus. In finding him, they informed him that all the people are seeking him. Again, presumably because of all this healing of brokenness that he's doing. And he, Jesus, is saying to them, let us go elsewhere into the neighboring villages that also there I may preach. To this I came forth. So maybe Jesus was praying and had been praying for strength to complete this preaching tour, which is next on his agenda. And so he informed his apostles that his purpose in coming to earth was to preach, to preach the good news of the kingdom. So then Mark continues, he came preaching in their synagogues in whole of Galilee and demons he was casting out. So Jesus preached in synagogues where the people gathered regularly to worship God. So he was there every Sabbath. And it also seems that some Israelites everywhere in the region of Galilee, not just the first place that Jesus went, they were being broken by demon possession. And part of Jesus' mission, in addition to the proclaiming the good news about God and his kingdom, was to heal this brokenness of demon possession or oppression. Jesus has authority to heal all brokenness. And now continuing, and this is kind of the climax of it. There's one individual case, but it summarizes this healing ministry. A leper begged him for cleansing, and he compassionately complied. And he told the man to only see the priest But he preached and spread the word of Jesus. So Mark tells us there's coming to him leper, begging him and kneeling and saying to him, if thou may be desiring, thou art being able me to cleanse. Now, despite what modern skeptics may think, this man was a leper. Okay, he didn't just have some little skin disease. But notice he had total faith in Jesus' ability, ability to make him clean, 
But notice he begs him to be willing. Oh, how much we can learn in America today. This man, despite all that had happened to him, had no sense of entitlement. He didn't feel that Jesus was obligated to heal him. Instead, he begs Jesus to desire to heal him. Please, not you have to, but please. Well, having been moved with compassion, having put forth his hand, he touched him and he's saying, I am desiring. Thou must be made clean. So Jesus tells this leper that he is indeed desiring to make him clean. And Mark told us under the influence of the Holy Spirit that he was moved by his compassion. Remember I said in the beginning he has all compassion to cleanse the leper. And again, Jesus gave the personal touch as he's commanding the man to be made clean. And then Mark, using his favorite word again, at once it went away from him, the leprosy, and he was made clean. With this, Jesus instantaneously cleanses the man of a dreaded disease that had broken him and made him an outcast. This is a miracle, a major miracle. And again, it emphasizes this truth. Jesus has authority, authority to heal all human brokenness. Now, having warned him, sternly warned him at once, he sent him away. And he's saying, thou must be seeing, see this, see to this. It's like a command to no one. Nothing thou may say, but thou must be going thyself. Thou must show to the high priest and thou must offer thy offering, which Moses commanded for a testimony to them. So Jesus is strictly commanding this man to say nothing about anything at all about the cleansing from leprosy he received. But instead, the most important thing is for him to go to the high priest and to show that he has been cleansed from leprosy per Moses. And if you're interested, it's in that book everybody stumbles over, Leviticus 14. But having gone, he began to proclaim much and to spread abroad the word. So this healed leper, cleansed leper, soon indirectly disobeys Jesus' command to him about saying nothing to no one. So now we're told no longer he's being able openly a city to enter. But outside in desert places, he was being. And they were coming to him on all sides. Okay. Because of the healed leper's disobedience, Jesus could no longer openly enter a city without being mobbed by those seeking him. Unwanted seeking on Jesus' part. And I thought about this and I remembered when I preached through the whole gospel around 2006. People wonder, why did Jesus want to keep so many things a secret? And as I thought about it, I think this is the reason. Early in his ministry, Jesus knew people had many, many misconceptions of him and his mission. 
He needed to balance the full truth of who he is with the readiness of people to be able to properly understand it. You know, just enough information for what you can handle, and I'll give you more when you're ready. Well, now let's go um, back to Psalm 103, this magnificent psalm from King David, and look at what he wrote. In essence, David is blessing the covenant God for pardon, healing, and redemption, and also for compassion, satisfaction, and renewal. Again, I'll give you a direct Psalter-like translation. Thou must bless my soul to Yahweh. In all my inner being, bless the name of his holiness. Thou must bless my soul to Yahweh. And not thou will forget all his benefits. So here's what we might call self-talk today, all right? David is addressing his inner being, his soul. But notice also that Israelites use the word bless, where we today in the church would use the word praise. They're almost interchangeable. And David is exhorting himself to praise his God with all his heart, his inner being. And then he further exhorts himself to always remember God's benefits to him, which he now enumerates. I found two triads here or two groups of three. So David continues, the one forgiving all thy iniquity, meaning his soul, his heart, The one healing all thy diseases, the one redeeming from destruction thy life, pulling him right out of the pit of hell and into God's family. So this first three blessings or benefits are actions that God had taken toward David. He forgave him of all his wrong desires. He healed him of his diseases and he gave him redemption from eternal destruction. And all of this is now given to people who are in Jesus Christ through the redemption that Jesus has brought. Jesus is the redeemer whom David could only imagine, but we can know. Okay, the second group of three, David continues, the one crowning thee with love and compassion, the one with good, satisfying thy desires, so thou may renew like an eagle thy youth. So here we have compassion, satisfaction, and renewal. David closes with these three benefits of a relationship with God, okay? And the relationship with God is all about what it's all about, okay? Receiving his compassion, having his right desires satisfied. God gives us the right kind of desires and then he satisfies them. And being renewed, his life being renewed. Now, yes, Yes, I've talked about it, implied it through here. We all know this. We must serve God. But our service begins with the sacrifice of praising him. 
And I thought of that verse in Hebrews, which is on the back of your bulletins. So here's our final application in what this has been all about. Let us strive above all to practice continual praise to the triune covenant God with great joy for all of his benefits in Jesus, especially all the healing of brokenness he gives. So let me wrap it up. Jesus astonishes people with his authoritative teaching and amazes them with his power to cast out demons and heal all kinds of diseases. Still, he escapes to desolate places for extended prayer until his people search for him before he goes on a preaching tour. And when he cleanses a leper and charges him with silence. The cleansed man cannot help spreading the word of Jesus. Just as David was compelled to bless God for all his benefits. And I think one of the biggest ones right here in chapter 1 of the gospel is Jesus has the authority to heal all brokenness. Let us rest in that awesome truth. Okay, and now um, before we have communion, let us sing together the song, Knowing You. It's on your bulletin inserts.
Amen. Okay, if anyone doesn't have a communion kit, now would be the time to get one. And um, let us do our communion responsive reading. Well, the table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. So come to the table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Loving God, through your goodness, may we know your presence in the sharing so we may know your touch and presence in all things. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. And now let us pray. Holy Lord God, by what we do here in remembrance of Christ, we celebrate his perfect sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection and ascension. We declare that he is Lord of all and we prepare for his coming kingdom. We pray through you, Holy Spirit, this bread may be for us the body of Christ and this cup the blood of Christ. Accept our sacrifice of praise as we eat and drink at his command. Unite us to Christ as one body in him and give us strength to serve you in the world. And to you, holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. And let us now partake of the elements of communion. Okay, so here is a song we have never done before, but it's one of my favorite songs that Keith Green ever did, and the words and music were written by his wife, Melody. It's called, There is a Redeemer, whom we've just heard of. Are we doing song Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. 
Jesus, my Redeemer, name above all names, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, oh, for sinners slain. Thank you, oh, my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. When I stand in glory, I will see his face. There I'll serve my King forever in that holy place. Thank you, oh my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. Amen. And this is kind of an inside joke, Debbie, but I'm sure John DeBrine would have preferred that version to Keith's. Um, Our good word of closing this morning is found in Colossians 1, and it's part of Paul's prayer for all the believers in Colossae. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience and joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. And now we will close with the chorus, Be Still and Know. It's number 24.